You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Monday was uh, my day off, and Sue and I had the day together. And we, uh, about middle of the afternoon, we started talking about what we were going to have for dinner. And uh, I said, uh, I'd like to go and get some steaks for dinner. And she said, um, I'd like chicken. So I got in the car and I drove over to the store and I found some really great steaks. A man's steak for me and a Sue's size steak for her. And I went and I paid for them and I got home and um, showed her these amazing steaks that I bought that I had thought about her and the size of the one that I purchased for her and the size of the one that I purchased for me. And I went out and I barbecued them, barbecued hers just like she would want it and uh, took it in and we ate them. And after dinner, I said to her, um, how did you enjoy your steak? And she said, um, it was good but I wanted chicken. (laughs) My wife is so gracious to me and so long suffering for me. And uh, she's a great mom and a great wife. And um, I am thankful for her. Well, lots for us to learn in this battleground, the fight for our families. And today we want to take a look at Proverbs 31. The, The challenge with Proverbs 31 is just that it's a proverb. And, um, and so when you read it, especially if you're a mom or a wife, you can read it and you're like, oh my goodness, how can I ever even get close to what this is talking about? Um, no one ever has. It's a proverb. How can I compare it? It's, it's kind of like when you're uh, going through the, the line at the checkout at the uh, shopping and you see all of those magazines. I'm not in the habit of reading those magazines, but, but here's what I know for sure. The people on the covers of those magazines don't actually look like that. They don't. By the time they're done with the Photoshopping or the airbrushing, one thing I know for sure that those guys and those women, when they roll out of bed in the morning, they don't look like that. And until they've put their war paint on to go out to face the world, they, they don't look like that. And they nip and tuck things with airbrushing that can only happen through technology. They, they don't really look like that. Well, Proverbs 31 is not quite that extreme, but Proverbs 31 is a proverb. And it's written for our encouragement and it's written for us as something to aim for. And so here's a, a biblical definition of a proverb. A short saying that expresses a general truth for practical godly living. Proverbs are short sayings that express a general truth for godly living. And so as we look at Proverbs 31, we're going to see a whole bunch of those today. And they're short sayings with truth that help us to live godly lives. To put it in three words, a proverb means to be like. To be like. Now, this is what we're going for. This is what we're going after. This is what I desire to be like. So you've got your Bibles open now, I trust, to Proverbs 31. Let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word. Proverbs 31, I'm going to start at verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. 
She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hand. She plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is like fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates and when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the way of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Let's pray. Lord, on this day when uh, we celebrate Mother's Day, so, so many of us in this room can rejoice and give thanks. Many, God, for a, a godly heritage, for a mom who prayed and a family that loved you. Others, Lord, for moms who cared for them and loved them and raised them the best they knew how. And today we celebrate that. Today, Lord, we um, stand in a room filled with young moms who are, are seeking to raise their children to honor the Lord, who wrestle with, uh, I'm, I'm not doing this exactly right, and Lord, am I doing this okay at all? And all of those thoughts that go through their minds. Father, would this day be a day of great encouragement? Father, would you um, take your word today, use it to spur us on to love and good deeds. God, do this work for your fame and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, some scholars believe that Proverbs 31 isn't even actually written about an actual woman, but rather it's more of a discussion about wisdom. I don't believe that. I don't believe in it. I'll, I'll give you a bit, one reason for that in a second. But um, it's a literary device, and it's a proverb. It's a design to spur us on to be like. I don't believe it's a literary device because whenever a literary device in Proverbs is used to describe wisdom, it made it perfectly clear that's what was being done, and it's not done here. Also, in Proverbs 31 and verse 1, it, it says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. And um, some discussion about who this King Lemuel was, because he's only mentioned in Proverbs 31, not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, 
And uh, some people think that he might have been actually a foreign king, and, and this is what his mother taught him, but the proverb is true, and the principles are right. And um, other good and godly people believe that Lemuel was uh, really just another name for Solomon, who was penned the, the book of Proverbs and pulled all of these Proverbs together. And uh, I tend to lean that way. I'm not dying on that hill. I don't think it really matters. It certainly doesn't matter to what's said. But here's the interesting thing for me. If it is Solomon, and it could be, who was his mother? His mother was Bathsheba. And what an interesting thought that God's grace worked in such a way to such an extent that that's what she could teach her son. I read the other day this statement by a friend of mine on Facebook about this proverb. And she wrote this. She said, written by a man recalling things his mother taught him about finding a wife. Written by a man recalling things his mother taught him about finding a wife. An excellent wife who can find. As we dive into our text here, we want to take a look at her value. An excellent wife who can find. Hey, I want you to notice it doesn't say a perfect wife. It doesn't say a perfect wife. I have an excellent wife. Uh, Many of you in this room are blessed to have wives who are excellent wives. But they're not perfect wives. Sue doesn't have to try and live up to that standard. But rather the woman that God has given me is an excellent wife. Uh, She's an amazing wife for me. And I'm so thankful for her. And if you're in this room and you are married today, you want to be thankful for the wife that you have and the gifts that she has. She's not perfect. She has weaknesses. She has struggles. She might be going through a terrible time right now, but she's your gift from God. And she's an excellent wife. Ladies, today as we go through Proverbs 31, the question is, how can I grow in these things? Not perfect. There's no airbrushing here. How can I grow to be a more excellent wife before God and before my family? Man, how can I cherish this wife that God has given me? Because she is an excellent wife. Gentlemen who are here who are not married, who are looking for a wife, you're not looking for a perfect wife. You're looking for an excellent wife, someone who loves the Lord, someone who desires to grow in Jesus Christ. Because if you're looking for a perfect wife, she's not interested in you. I've seen you. You're messed up. You should be thankful that anybody would even marry you. Okay, that may be a little harsh, but... An excellent wife. Who can find... Kids who are in the room, on all of us at some level, are kids, because we all have moms. This text is very quickly going to move over to the characteristics of a mother. And she has great value. In the text it says, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She's far more precious than jewels. The wife that I have is more precious to me than anything else. She is to be more precious to me than my job. She is to be more precious to me than my children. 
She used to be more precious to me than my house and the things that I have. She's more precious than the most valuable things that I could put in my hand that would be worth tens and tens of thousands of dollars. The wife that I have is more precious to me than those things. Is yours? And does she know? She's precious. She's precious. Goes on in the verses there and talks about her being trustworthy. The heart of her husband, it trusts in her. It trusts in her. And so she's lived out and been the example and she's worthy of your trust. She has great value. The next section, really verses 13 to 25, uh, speaks of her vigilance. The way that she uh, presents herself, the hard work that she does, the sacrifices that she makes. Before I go through some of the uh, really practical things, I wanted to go off on a bit of a tangent today. And uh, just one comment I'd make about this to you and that she's a Canadian. Um, I found that in the text. She's actually from Saskatoon. It says in verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. Okay, really, she's not a Canadian, but um, whatever can come, she's not afraid of it. And that, uh, that idea of scarlet is a picture of, um, of a, a double layer of, of cloth so that uh, the children would be taken care of. And uh, she works hard at what she does, and she's very talented at it, and she gives her time in it. Look at the verses really from 13 down through 18, some of the things it says. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ship of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard and she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night and, and you're sitting and you're listening and you're all of that and you go, I can't be that. I, how am I supposed to match up to that? Okay, it's a proverb. It's a proverb. It's a general truth for practicing, for practicing godly living. It's a to be like. It's what I'm going for. And so as the person who's writing this to her son is writing it, it's being written to a person who is at a status like of an aristocrat and, and they had servants and they had people around them. So if you didn't go out and buy a piece of land last week, uh, ladies, it doesn't make you a failure. Um, if you didn't go and plant a vineyard last week, it doesn't make you a failure. It's a picture. It's what we're going for. It's what we're striving after. But there's some principles that come out of it that are true about her. And that is um, she uses her talents she uses the talents that God has given her. She labors, she shops, she cooks, she keeps home. She sees the needs around her. Sometimes I think in the Christian world, women have been pictured there. They're supposed to be at home, um, pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen. Um, uh, those aren't necessarily bad things. Those are pretty amazing things. And in our society today, I think we want to be real careful how far we swing the pendulum. But uh, women are talented and smart and hardworking and need to be energetic. And you don't have to very look very far in the Bible to find those kind of women. Um, this one, obviously, is a picture of one. But uh, you can think of Deborah, who was a prophet. I mean, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
Thank you. A judge of God. And uh, you can think of Priscilla and Aquila. And more times than not, her name is listed before his in the Bible. And you can think of Lydia, who was a businesswoman in Philippi. And they weren't sitting at home doing nothing. These were people of God that God had given gifts to. And they were using their gifts, using their talents, using their time. She rises early and she works late. She tends to the need of her children and her husband and her household. When they were hungry, when they were sick, when they were broken, she was there to care for them. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out to the needy. It speaks of her love seeing the needs that are around them, around their family and reaching out and how can we fill those needs? My wife is way better than me at those things. Seeing the needs in people's lives. Uh, an, in, an intuition that I can only dream about ever having, she has. And she loves people. And the Proverbs woman is a woman who sees the need around and asks, how can we meet that need? If that wasn't enough, you come to uh, verses like verse 24 and 25, and she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. And then this verse, this is a wow verse. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She's not afraid of what will come. She's not worried about what's coming down the path. She's gonna trust in the Lord. We're gonna see that in a couple of minutes. But I love these words, strength and dignity. Dignity are her clothing. Not a, not a timidity. Not a, I'm supposed to sit in the corner and not be heard. But a confidence. And a strength. But done with dignity. Done in a way that would honor her husband. And honor her family. Strength, dignity in the way she acts and what she says and the way that she dresses. She's vigilant in these things. Look at her voice in verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She opens her, house, her mouth with wisdom. She offers counsel to her husband and to her children. And we would be wise to listen. We would be wise to take in and carefully hear what's being said. So in the challenge to the woman, to the wife, to the mother in this text is, when you have something to say, make sure it's a good thing to say. Make sure it's filled with wisdom. But for the rest of us in the room, be careful to listen. Because a godly woman has much to offer. And we need to be eager to listen. Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And then look at her priority of kindness and gentleness in that verse. It talks about her teaching. 
and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I think about my kids when they were little. Um, Carl and Beth and they'd be out playing and they would fall and scrape their knee or scrape their elbow or put a tooth through their lip or, you know, this is the stuff kids do. And, and, and Sue and I would be in the house and, and they'd come running in the house screaming and crying and their world's coming to an end. And I can tell you who they didn't want. <laughs> they weren't running to dad at that point. They were running to mom. They wanted mom. Somehow her kiss on their boo-boo healed it. And mine was right next to useless. I don't think it had anything to do with the contact, the physical contact. I think it had everything to do with gentleness and kindness and teaching and all of the things that a mom brings to the table. And then when I come home with my boo-boos in my life, the things I've been hit with during the day, the thing that I'm hurt by, and, and I talk to my wife, and she's gentle, and she's kind. Yes, bringing the truth, but doing it in a loving and caring and compassionate way. Her voice. Her voice. What about her vision? Look at verse 27. What's she looking for? She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. In her vision, she's watching, she's looking. What are the needs? What are the things that are wanted? What are the things that are desired? We can't always deliver all of those things, but, but what are we going after? And she watches our lives and she watches what the kids need and she's walking in an upright path, and, but she's watching, always watching. And then always working, always working to see that those needs would be met, uh, willing to serve however she can. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's getting up early in the morning and working late at night because of her passion for her family. And I want to make a comment today to single moms who are in our church. You carry a load that's unbelievable. You carry a burden that is very, very difficult. And you're watching for your family and you're looking out for them. And sometimes you're trying to wear a mom hat and a dad hat at the same time. And it's a difficult thing. And you are my hero. And don't you give up. You keep being faithful. And you watch what God can do in taking a situation that maybe through no fault of your own is a disaster area and you're just trying to be faithful to God. You just keep being faithful to God. And you watch what he does in your family. In his heart, a man makes his plans, but God is going to direct your path. You keep watching and you keep working and you keep being faithful. <clears throat> well, you see her victory in verse 28 down to the end of the chapter. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord 
is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gate. In her victory, the first thing is the response of her family. It says right there in the text, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I marked in my notes, big blue highlighter, say it, say it. I don't care if you went out and bought an $8 card for your mom today. That's nice and good on you. You're keeping the economy going. But say it. It's Mother's Day. Her children rise up and send her a card. It doesn't say that. Her children rise up and call her blessed. I just saw one go right over there right now. Just somebody... Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Good for you. Good for you. You should have done it before I cued you for it, but (laughs) it's okay. Today, say it. If she's not here, then get on Skype. At least you can see her face when you say it. If you can't do that, then get on the phone. But do everything you can to say it. My mom went to be with the Lord a number of years ago now. I am so thankful that there was nothing left unsaid. She's not in heaven on Mother's Day wondering whether I would have said it today because she's not even worried about Mother's Day today. But some people need to leave from here and say it. And some people need to leave here, and it's a difficult thing to say. But you go through the resources of your mind, and you ask God to reveal the thing that you could get on the phone, or you could, and if you can't get to the place of being able to do it in any live way, then write a letter, do what you need to do, but say it. Say it. Hey, husbands, you're not off the hook on this with your wife, it's right in the text. Her husband also, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Dads, you need to say it. And you need to say it today in front of your kids. They need to see it. They need to understand that your your spouse isn't perfect. But she's excellent and you love her. And you want them to know that you love her. And you need to, you need to say it. This afternoon, our kids are coming to our house. And uh, you'll never guess what we're having. Steak. (laughs) And chicken. Not making that mistake twice within a seven-day period. I know the expressions of saying it will happen to their mom. I know it will. I am so blessed to live in the family that I have and that God has given us. But I'm a husband and I'm a dad and I need to say it too. And don't assume because you made the vows on the day you got married and that if you ever changed your mind, you would let her know that that covers it. It doesn't. You need to say it. You need to say it every day. You need to say it often. 
It's a great modeling for your children to understand the excellent, excellent wife that God has given to you. The response of her family was, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 29 is really a demonstration of some of her character. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceitful. Things can be said and it can be easy to wow people with our words and some people would say, they would read this like this. They would say, talk is cheap and looks are fleeting. That's true. Those things are true for all of us. If you miss everything else I say in this message today, if that list of all the things we've looked at is too overwhelming for you, it's like the bar is so high, I don't even know how I can get near the bar. Then you just grab on to this part of this verse and take it with you. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If the rest of the list is too much for you, then just go for this one thing. I'm going to fear God. I'm going to fear God, and I'm going to teach my children to fear God. I'm going to fear God and I'm going to demonstrate that to the people who are around me that I fear God. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. My mom feared the Lord. My mom feared the Lord enough that she came to a point in her life where she trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. She understood that separation from God for eternity, fear the Lord understood what Christ did for her, undeserved, coming, kicking and screaming in some ways, Christ being the right payment. She trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because she feared the Lord. She feared the Lord. She feared the Lord for us kids. She made sure that we went to church. She made sure we understood the gospel. She made sure she did everything she could. And the story is not yet finished on all of us as far as salvation goes. But she did what she could because she feared the Lord. She had a desire to grow up and be a follower of Jesus Christ because she feared the Lord. She didn't live in fear that he's coming to the hammer, was coming down on her head every day. God's grace and God's mercy and all his love was all poured out on my mom. You fear the Lord. I talked last week how Sue and I pray for our grandchildren every, every day. Why? Because we fear the Lord. We fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, Proverbs 1.7. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One, insight. Psalm 111.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Ladies. Wives. Moms. 
and every other person in the room, the person who fears the Lord is to be praised. Well, they fear like it's still just too much. I just don't think I can measure up to Proverbs 31. It's a proverb. Go for it. The things that are said for women here, many of them can be applied for men as well. Go for it. But in uh, Proverbs 31 devotional this week, uh, Sue sent it to me and I've cut and pasted this together so it would fit. I took some of the things out, but so I wouldn't lose, lose the sense of what it was. It goes like this. 2 Corinthians 12, 9a. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Then this lady, she writes this. I was elbow deep in soap suds when my four-year-old cries prompted me to drop my dish rag and race to the other room. Honey, what's wrong, I asked. I can't color in the lines, Maggie complained. See, my preschooler said as she rubbed crayon furiously over the holes she'd made in the paper. I just can't make anything beautiful, Maggie declared. Maggie sighed and set down her crayon and I recognized myself in her try-hard weariness. There in my four-year-old's furrowed brow, I saw the woman who had once tried to live within a set of invisible lines. No one had written out the rules of good parenting for me. They were the result of my own expectations, noble ideas shaped by well-meaning mommy books, fabulous Facebook posts, and my personal good girl gospel. My lines declared that a good mom keeps a clean house, bakes bread from scratch, and arrives everywhere on time. A good mom knows just what to do when her teen slumps in silence, when a toddler refuses to eat her veggies, and when a six-year-old strings a web of lies. No matter how hard I tried, my, left kept, my life kept spilling outside the lines. I was certainly, excuse me, I was certainly... I was certain that a good mom never lies in bed at night wondering, wondering if she's ruining her children. A good mom never delivers her child to the wrong soccer field on the wrong day at the wrong time. And a good mom never leaves the house with a dirty-faced child or forgets to pack her kindergartner's lunch. Perhaps you lived within a self-declared set of lines too. Maybe you believe that good wives serve dinner by candlelight and always have the laundry done or that good friends always reply to text and certainly never forget a birthday. Maybe like me, the harder you try to live within the lines, the more your soul rips beneath the weight of your efforts. But here's the good news for try-hard women like us. God's word tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. That verse is what finally compelled me to trade my invisible lines of expectation for the compassionate contours of my Savior's grace. When I finally stopped obsessing over my flaws and began focusing on his faithfulness, my life took on a new kind of beauty. It's a proverb. It's a proverb for us to strive for, to seek after. It's a proverb that takes us down to the foundation of a woman who fears the Lord is 
to be praised. Verse 31 talks about how she is to be blessed. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Well, so what? So what? It's a battleground. And we're to fight for our families. Moms, ladies, wives, the focus today is on you. You are in the front line. You are in the battle. And don't give up. Don't pack it in. There's lots to learn. There's lots to discover. There's lots to grow up in in Jesus Christ. Husbands, stand with your wife in the front line. She is excellent. She's not perfect. But you need to love her. And you need to support her. And you need to encourage her. Children, you need to do the same kinds of things. And you need to obey when you need to obey. And you need to come under when you need to come under. She's your mom. She's not there by mistake. She's a gift from God. It's Mother's Day. Don't be defeated because you're not a perfect mom. Make it your goal to be an excellent mom who fears the Lord. That's the woman who is to be praised. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, for the way that you take a proverb like this, perhaps written by Bathsheba. If we ever wonder about Should somebody be telling their kids how to be raised and should somebody be giving them information that ends up in the Bible, we would wonder whether, Lord, this is the woman who should have done it. But your grace, your love, your mercy, your passion poured out on someone like this who could write these things as instruction for us that we could be like those things. God, teach us from your word. An excellent wife who can find. Well, one who fears you, God, that's the woman to be praised. Would you do that work in the women in our church? To the wife of the new husband who's wondering how well she's doing, Father, to stop trying to perform and trust you and put her eyes on being a woman who fears the Lord. For the single mom who's working so hard and wondering if it will ever all work out, Lord, to trust you and be a woman who fears the Lord. And for the young lady in the room who's not married today and wonders, God, what you will do to order her steps, make her a woman of God who fears the Lord. And then, Lord, teach the rest of us how to encourage and spur them on to love and good deeds For the fame of Jesus Christ, for the glory of you, almighty God, we pray these things in Jesus.